I don't know. What's it going to be? What's I don't be? know. Could it be like, I feel <laughs> like it's not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup, yeah. right? Or yeah. a puddle of blood or mm-hmm. enough blood to grow out there. Which your bathtub of blood. Okay, it's run for the barf bag, you guys, because there's literal barf in the movie. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the The final Final girl. Hey guys, welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry. I'm Julia. And this week we're talking about 1999's Audition. Audition. Mm-hmm. Title of this episode is Everybody in Japan is Lonely. And the tagline for this movie is She Always Gets Apart. This is based on the novel by Ryu Murakami and the screenplay is by Daisuku Tengen. This is, of course, directed by Takashi Miike. This is a Horror Movie Survival Guide confession. I have never seen a Takashi Miike film before. This what? is my first one. He has directed like almost a hundred movies. I feel so ashamed. I cannot. I'm like shocked. I literally like, I, I don't know. I'm like my mouth just, my jaw just popped <laughs> open. I'm really shocked by that. Cause I know like this is a genre of horror that you've gone down the rabbit hole with. Yes. Too, especially um, you've talked about it a lot with me and I'm really, really surprised that you haven't seen any of his other films. Well, I hope that you all out there won't judge me too hard, but I will be honest with you and say that I, I, I am now uh, atoning for my sins and I will be watching audition for the first time, you know, but of course the thing that I have always heard about this movie is how, brutal and upsetting it is right so it's something that I've been kind of being like "Eh, how much do I want to watch this movie this is the point where I'm like I definitely want to watch this movie here's what was surprising to this about me to this film is like I was expecting it to be like brutal from scene one whole way through and this is takes so long to get where it's going and I was like the payoff I knew it too I was like oh no I was like if they're not putting anything in right now this ending is going to be like what's going to kill me. Yeah. And <laughs> it's totally true. Totally true. Um, we're going to get to that ending oh, in a God. bit. Yeah. Uh, so we start out uh, with a little boy who has made a project for his mom and he's bringing it to her in the hospital, uh, but doesn't quite make it in time. Um, and she dies right before he can get there. It's so sad. It looks like a little science project or something like, you know, when you make your little like volcano for, you know, mm-hmm. the science fair, but he made like a little world. It looks like to share with her to like bring like the outside in or something for her. Oh, devastating. Sweet, his sweet little face. And he like gets in. He's like, am I too late? Basically, you know, daddy and daddy's like bawling on top, like, like, you know, draped over her body and grief because um, he literally was holding her hand and was in the room as she flatlined. Yeah. So uh, we have that opening, and then we fast forward to seven years later, where we have the Aoyamas, who is uh, who we've that's who father we and son, father and mm-hmm. son. Uh, uh, they are fishing and eating together and looking uh, quite cute together, just like a they're very so cute like, father and son. Like, and he's such like a little teenager, and they're just having it's very adorable. 
And they give each other crap during this dinner. They're kind of ribbing each other just about like, hey, like, you know, um, what, you know, why don't you have any friends over? The dad is asking the son. And then the dad's like, well, I don't have friends over, but why aren't you married again? Like, you seem lonely and you look like you're worn out. He's like, yeah. dad uh, takes offense to that. <laughs> they also have a cute little puppy. It's like oh, a yeah. little, little family scene, little Gunga or whatever, or Ganga, uh-huh. and like so cute. But I, uh, this was the, when I, this was the first scene that like I realized because they they have this um, after dinner where they're taking like the plates into the kitchen and washing up, and they like it, it really takes the time with it. And I was like, okay, not the pace I was expecting. They're really like this is going to be, and I I I don't mind slow movies at all. I I quite enjoy them. And I was like this, but the, something is like being sold as a brutal horror. This was the first time I was like, okay. It felt uh, like a really sweet family drama. Like yes. I was like, oh, okay, this is like a sweet family. And like, he's dealing, you know, with the death of his wife, but they seem like they're okay. Seven years later, like he's still, they're still lonely and missing that part of their lives, but they've moved on and found a rhythm mm-hmm. that really seems to work for them. Yes. Uh, so we see uh, dad at work where he meets a friend. Uh, they had this conversation and he's, you know, dad says he's, you know, son had said to get married because he thinks he's lonely and he says aren't you lonely and he says everybody in japan is lonely mm-hmm. um so the, he has this awkward uh Aoyama has this awkward uh, interaction with his secretary who clearly like really likes him is trying to be like flirty flirty and he is not even paying attention to her at all yeah, I felt so bad for her. Like, I was just like, oh, clearly she likes him because she's just like, okay, like, I'm done with work for today. I'll see you later. And he's like, yeah, yeah, bye. Yeah. And she's like, but like, maybe you could tell like she wanted to ask him to hang out later. And he's literally just talked about being lonely. And I was like, there's this person right here in front of you. Yeah. And you're like tubing on being lonely because you're not opening your eyes to literally a beautiful woman who's right in front of you, who seems ready and willing to be to like love you. Uh, so both, uh, so I am a works at a uh, film studio, um, and he goes out to drinks after work with his uh, boss Yoshikawa, who's telling, and he starts to tell him, about, you know, his son has this thinks that he should get married, but how is he going to meet a woman? Uh, and so he, you know, he has these very specific things that he wants from the woman. He and got how- a long list, and yes. his friends like, dude, you are not realistic about this. He's like, well, I need her to be mature, but a career woman, but she's got to be artistic, and she's got to be all the things he's describing. We find out were like his wife. Right. So his uh, so his friend was like, well, we'll just hold an audition. And it's like, we'll make up a film and you give him like this specific, like this casting profile of what you want for this character. And then we'll just, you call through these women and you'll find your wife. And he's like, we'll actually make the movie, but we won't cast this girl, whoever you choose. We'll cast somebody else so it doesn't look crazy. Like it just, it'll still be, you know, plausible. But it's kind of like you're helping me, I'm helping you. Uh, and we're going to get you set up. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the only way we're going to find a nice girl because it's like, how else are you going to go wade through? He wanted to like date a lot of women. He wanted to like get a get a good breath of what's out there before he settles on somebody. So he's like, that's actually a good idea. You know, you need to find that. And he's like, but why wouldn't you cast this girl who sounds perfect for me, though? And he's like, unhappy girls have more to express as actresses than happy girls. You want a happy wife, basically. Yeah, he's not lying, you know, <laughs> but it's this kind of like killing two birds with one stone thing. You get to find a wife and you get to actually make a film. So like everyone wins. Yep. Um, so, so they the do film's this called like Tomorrow's Heroine and they have like all these like radio ads for it and all these girls submit. Mm-hmm. So many w- girls submit. And so he's uh, we, at, at home and he's just, like, like hundreds and hundreds of submissions that he has to go through. And he's like this giant pile on his desk. He's like, OK, start going through them. 
Um, and, you know, of course, they, he's looking for the someone who has like a ballet, wants them to be like a ballerina, wants them to have a music background um, and or some sort of talent because his wife, I guess, was a pianist. So he's like, I wouldn't mind that again. Like, I'd like somebody who has that type of talent. Um, and meanwhile, too, I just want to put like his his housekeeper had like stopped in and like right before he's going through all of these like faces and, and stacks of stuff. And like you get that there was something kind of maybe maybe tension there, maybe not. Who knows? Another possible woman right there, too, though, that he's literally overlooking again mm-hmm. uh so he finds uh the one resume in the stack that catches his eye that he reads um which is uh Yama- yamazaki's uh, sami's uh cv and she has this kind of it's a very honest essay about like she doesn't know why she's doing it and like what am i why why am i even bothering kind of like it's a very like humbling humble something like you wouldn't expect an actress to send it yeah, no, it's it's very um, she's like, I'll never get the part, I'm sure. But I just thought I should submit anyway, um, you know, just like she's doing it kind of like on a lark more yeah. so than serious. And just was like, me, I just thought I could try it. I like the story. So let's see. And says that she was a ballerina, and uh, ex-ballerina, and that always had been her plan, but she hurt her hip, and now she doesn't have that anymore. And like, what is she living for if she doesn't have ballet? So it's something that I think that he kind of uh, is feels kind of like what is you know what is he living for he doesn't have his wife so because this kind of parallel thing so they have this audition um which was such a fun sequence of all the girls coming in and auditioning and that it's something like terry and i are actresses and have been to you know on the actor side of the table a billion times but have almost never been on the direct like the casting side and like been on it a couple of times it's brutal either way yeah what a (laughs) parade of madness it must be but just it was so great. I love the sequence, too, because they used a combination of like the actual like video, like from the video camera that's videoing these girls there spliced in with like the film from the movie. So you could see kind of what they ended up kind of looking like the outfits. The girl who's dressed like a cheerleader. There's one who like, you know, is clearly just inappropriately dressed with like kind of like little like fishnet kind of little stockings and like crazy hair, like the things that people you're like, that girl is definitely not it. And then you were wondering because his friend had told him to like pick 30 girls. You can tell he probably sandbagged a bunch of it and picked people he knew he wouldn't pick because he had already had his mind made up on this one girl. On Yamazaki. Right. And yeah. but she doesn't come in and she's, you know, very low on the list. So he has to kind of wade through all of these other girls till he finally gets to her. And they do this very kind of fun reveal where you don't see her face right away, where mm-hmm. she like shields her face with her hair for a good, you know, portion to have this kind of reveal of her very beautiful face. Um, and she says that she uh, likens giving up ballet was a, like similar to accepting death. Yeah. It's brutal. And he um, hasn't asked any of the other uh, like girls auditioning questions. He's really relied on his friend who set them up. Um, and so um, he's, he's kind of actually- fucking they're kind of fucking with the girls, too. Like it's, yeah, it's something where, like, all about sex. Like, would you do sex scenes? Would you get naked? And like some of the girls did in the auditions. Yeah. And I think it's just one of those things where you're bored and you have the power to kind of ask whatever you want to ask and just kind of fuck with people, which uh, made me not terribly <laughs> sympathetic. But I also really like these characters. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, he keeps, he's very interested in her. He keeps asking all these questions and is there's an obvious change from the other auditions. And he, you can see he's markedly nervous too. Like he ends up having to grab a sip of his drink, like after he's been talking to her and um, actually leans in and then asks her stuff that is not things you would ask in an audition. He goes kind of a little too far because he feels he already has a familiarity with her. Like, I think he's already like in love with her in his mind. Mm-hmm. So he feels like he can ask her things that probably wouldn't necessarily be appropriate in that setting. 
Yeah, no, agreed. Um, and when she leaves, uh, Mr. Yoshikawa is like, she makes me nervous. He says, I can't put my finger on it, but something is wrong with her. Um, and I and I love that because, I, you know, they say that your first instinct when you meet someone is almost always 100% correct. Mm-hmm. Like your body knows when something's wrong with somebody. And mm-hmm. it's interesting that Yoshikawa immediately is like, nope, not her. Something's wrong mm-hmm. with her. But Ayama, because he's already in love with her idea and is not really seeing who she is. Like she's Mm-mm. just a kind of like an avatar almost of like who he wants her to be. Well, he made up his mind the night before or the or week before, whatever it was when he was going through the CVs and he saw her picture. So he literally couldn't, ha- he didn't have his eyes open to anything else, any other possibilities. And we already see that he's blind because that girl, his office coworker, you right. know what I mean? Like he's already had other like literal prospects in front of his freaking face that he said no to. So... So he uh, uses his producer clout to call up, uh, call her up and ask her out. And mm-hmm. they end up going out for a drink. Um, and she admits that she like she lied about her references mm-hmm. uh, and that she had said that she had this kind of agent who worked at a recording studio, but she actually doesn't. She works at this bar um, and says that, and that he f- says that they find that that, that guy uh, went missing 18 months ago. Right. Um, so that's a little suspicious, but she's like, oh, I've never met him. I, you know, we were only, only contact was, you know, we didn't ever actually ever meet. So through like a mutual friend and she was like, my friend told me basically, which is kind of true. Like tell them I have representation that'll help you get further along in the process. Um, which I think, you know, people have fudged on a resume before. Yes. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. the kind of person that if someone on their, on my first date with them was already like, I lied to you about this thing. I would be done because I was like, oh, you've already lied. So you're going to lie again. So here we're, we're done. But especially about that, though, he gets like, oh, she's trying to, you know, move up in this business. So that's like an honest, like kind of like lying about representation moment. Not to say to do that, kids, you shouldn't do that. But I feel like that's one of those things that like he kind of was able to e- more easily write off yeah. Um, than if it was something more serious. Like if she was like, actually, I never did ballet. Ha ha ha. Like, I think that would be a deal breaker for him. Right. But because the other stuff seemed genuine, he was like, I get like, if you're in, feeling like you're in a kind of desperate place, like she doesn't really have very st- steady income. Like she's, you know, doing a few days a week as a waitress with a friend and she barely has anything. Like they even kind of grilled her on that in the audition. Um, yeah, I think, uh, but she seems to she seems to like him in a way that you would seem suspicious. She likes him so much so quickly. Uh, but she says, you know, she really wants to see him again. And, and he's obviously incredibly smitten with her. But again, uh, Yoshikawa being the good friend is like, hey, man, like I can't find any information on her. I don't know who she is, where she's coming from. It could all be lies. You should probably stay away from her. But yeah, she has zero references, yeah. zero connection. We don't know where her address is because anytime he meets up with her throughout the rest of this time, too, keeps meeting up with her like at restaurants and places. But he's never actually seen where she lives. Oh, such red flags, guys. Such red mm-hmm. flags. Um, so but he but of course, I was like, eh, she causes trouble. I can handle it. And you're like, those words are going to come to bite you so bad, sir. And his friend keeps being like, slow your roll, dude. Like, honestly, like I'm trying to tell you, like the girl is trouble. But when you're in love or in lust or whatever the case may be, it is sometimes very hard to see past that. Yes, it's so is true. So so he makes mm-hmm. him promise, like, just don't call her. Just don't. He's like, take a day off hanging out just don't call her and you're like yeah i don't know if he's gonna be able to do that um and then we get this crazy shot of where she lives where she is sitting it looks like a derelict apartment she is sitting on the floor 
looks like a like the Ringo. The Ringo. That's what I was gonna say. She looks like the Ringo. So I was like, she's dead. She looks dead, and like she's a Ringo. And I was like, he and she's waiting for the phone to ring. Like she can't. Doesn't look like she could ring him. She needs him to ring her. And I was it's like, the, is he waking up the spirit? Like, what is she? I was freaking out. Yeah, it's the most it's the most terrifying waiting for the for the phone to ring sequence i've ever seen i was like oh this is all she does like she goes out and she's pretty to him and then she comes back and she sits in this horrible thing there's also a very suspicious large lumpy bag sitting nearby body bag body bag i was like what the fuck body bag and then it rolls yeah (laughs) something starts to move and you're like oh there's something in something or someone is in there Oh, no. Um, and when he calls, like, she can't stop smiling or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, it's it's awkward. Yeah. So they end up uh, going out again together and having a good time. Uh, you know, she, it's that it's that I would ne- I would never lie to you speech where you're like, eh, you've already lied, man. You've already lied. Yeah. Um, and also just like her earnestness is yeah. really off putting because it's like, yeah, you can hit it off with somebody right away, really like them. But the way she's fallen for him is very suspect. Like mm-hmm. the way that she's conversing with him, the way she's looking at him, it all feels very like almost like robotic. Like yeah. she's being um, like spirited into it. It's very weird. Well, it's, you know, a, a sociopathic behavior, right? As mm-hmm. somebody who like you don't have feelings, you're trying to fake feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, you know, she's a very, this actress is incredible and uh, a he's uh shalina and it's she looks so beautiful right she's this very very tiny uh porcelain skin you know beautiful girl that of course you would never think would be she looks so innocent and so pure yeah she looks like a freaking angel and she also looks so sad so he also there's something about him that resonates with that because of how he lost his wife there's something about grief that he i think relates with her and there's something in her that seems very grief stricken that I think he's really glommed on to. Mm-hmm. So he tries to encourage her and like she's like, oh, you're so warm and comforting and like gives him this speech too, um, as she just kind of is just there and taking it in. Um, and we uh, we go back to uh, his son who is super into dinosaurs, which is really cute. Mm-hmm. And then has his girlfriend who's also super into dinosaurs, which is adorable. Um, and he tells him that he's going to go away for the weekend uh, with Asami and he's going to propose to her over the weekend. Which I was like, you don't propose to someone before you introduce them to your son. Yeah. And he said, and even this is so great too, the son kind of gives a little prophecy too. He's like, you're so in love. You can't think straight. He's like, I need to meet her before you, you know, you know. Yeah, so I make sure because I feel like whatever you're seeing it may not be 100 percent true, but I'm excited for you because he had been encouraging him to get out there. So he wanted to be supportive, but he's also like, Dad, I should check her out too. make sure she's cool. Uh, but he doesn't. Uh, so they go off to this weekend and uh, things are a little awkward. Like he's just being like, hey, what do we want to do after dinner? Why don't we go to these things? And she's looking kind of weird. Turns she's off- not saying a word and he's no. just jibber jabbering about like. We should before dinner. We should go to a museum, or we could go to a coffee shop, or we could go blah blah blah. And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and she's quiet. And the the beautiful framing of this, uh, like the opening of the scene too, where she's standing outside and it looks like a dream, mm-hmm. and she's up these like white like perfect stairs, and she's wearing this like white like gauzy kind of outfit, and um, her black hair back against the back of that is just so pretty, and it's like door framing it, and it looks like a picture, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I was like, oh, but this is real, and then she it turns out she's like looking out into the ocean in this beautiful idyllic place, and I was like, oh. Something bad is going to happen in this place. <laughs> it's too pretty. 
Uh, so she comes, uh, she comes in, she turns off the light, uh, takes off her dress and gets into bed and, uh, pulls the sheet up over her. Uh, and he comes over and she he calls just, him over. He yeah. doesn't walk over. He kind of waits and it's like, uh, she's like, no, come here. Uh, and pulls the sheet up, uh, over her legs where we see that she has two big scars on her thighs. Mm-hmm. Um, and she asks him to love me and nobody else. And he says that I will. Yeah, but uh, he says, says you are just beautiful. He's you can tell he's entranced before she asks him to love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so he says he will, but she says they all say that. But you're different. Um, but then uh, all of a sudden, uh, there's this tr- they they're, they're having sex, but there's this crazy transition where she's they, he rolls over and suddenly she's gone, and it's uh, not she's left and like the not answering the phone and doesn't know where she is. And but it's trip. He looks like he's like been drugged though. He seems yeah. like he had gotten like roofied because then like the bellhop from the front desk at this hotel they're staying at calls up and is like your companion has left. Um, are you going to be staying for the weekend still? And he's like, wait, what? Um, and that's when he starts calling and trying to figure out what the heck's going on. But she has vanished and he goes back to town and uh, asks his dear friend who had helped him set up the audition. Like, Hey, can you help me find her? Do you have any information? He's like, no, I just had her like acting resume, her CV. I don't have her address or her other information. Um, it's so sad because he has to go back to Yoshikawa and like Yoshikawa was right. And he's trying you to tell so. him. Yeah. And he says, I'm just an old fool who fell for a young girl and got jilted. And like, oh. Mm-hmm. And he was um, like, you said you could handle it, fool. And I just was like, oh, like knife in heart. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he tries to track her down. All he has is her resume. So he tries to track her down through the ballet school that she says she went to. But it's all boarded up. So he sneaks in and there is a person in a wheelchair playing piano. Um, and is very is very unsettling uh but it, this incredibly sequence is very uh disturbing and well shot i think mm-hmm. um it's so much tension so he walks up slowly to this figure and this is wild because this thing is boarded up so you're like how long has this old man been in here how is mm-hmm. he eating what is he doing what okay and then i was like is this real is this not i wasn't sure just because like is he like seeing things now um but they end up having this conversation and he's like have you heard her voice have you made love to her have you smelled her he like this old man at the piano like grills the grills ioma and you're like what um and then you realize that he might be one of the guys who like had branded her and given her those scars on her thighs Mm -hmm. um but then we cut to this guy's feet in the wheelchair and you realize why he's in the wheelchair it looks like his feet are gone and he's sewn up and putting fake feet over his feet. Yeah. Like, it's like burnt feet boots. Yeah. And they're like, they're like stapled to boards. So it's like, he's like walking on weird wooden platforms. Eat it. Prosthesis. It is one of the, sorry, I was like, it's so gross. It's one of the most yeah. disgusting. <laughs> it was it's pretty upsetting. Things I've ever uh, seen. <laughs> so uh, after that, uh, Aoyama goes to the Stonefish Bar, which is where uh, Asami said she worked. She was helping her friend because uh, he, when he'd seen her last time, she was like, oh, yeah, I'll be, you know, I'm there three days a week. So he goes down, but then it turns out that it was closed down more than a year ago. Two years ago. It closed down two years ago, and the owner was murdered. He finds out from a guy who's walking by. He's like, no one's down there, man. Like, yeah, that owner was murdered. It was a lady, and she was, like, apparently using drugs, and her body was cut up. And the only the reason we found it is because this thing was built 28 years ago, like, not very well. And so the, because of the way the floor is, all the blood pooled to one area and kind of poured out of it. And they also found... A, random tongue and some fingers extra fingers of people who weren't even there 
And he was like, yeah. uh. And then he's like, it's scary world, isn't it? Walk away, walk away. <laughs> like, just dropping bombs of crazy information. And then just going home. <laughs> and then we all of a sudden get this like weird, wonderful like POV like shot. You're like, is this a spirit running around through the house? Like what is going on? And it's mm-hmm. super creepy um, through uh, Ayama's house. And you're like, what's going on? Um, the son- and then we hear the son leaving a voicemail at the house. Like, hey, I'm not going to come home. I'm staying out of friends. Check you later. Like, make sure you eat something for for dinner, Dad. I know you don't eat well. Eat a yogurt or something, and that's mm-hmm. it. So uh, he's at home now. Ayama and have a little. We've seen him throughout the movie taking a tipple every once and now and then, uh, and he has his little little drinky drink. And uh, his booze has been drugged, yeah, and it must have been had- drugged pretty hard because he takes like a sip. <laughs> I was like, oh damn. That's yeah. fucked up, whatever it is. So I guess she's been roofing him, I feel like, this whole time. Because, like, he's had all these tra- crazy visions at different points. And he seems really restless. And then it looks like he, like, falls over. And all of a sudden he's, like, in, like, some sort of flashback to their last date. Um, and she's talking and confessing with him about her, like, divorced parents. And how she lived with a very abusive uncle and um, her his wife. The, the wife was abusive to her, too, and made her, like, stand outside in the cold and... You know, she got pneumonia, all kinds of craziness. Um, and, and then she went mm-hmm. back to live with her mom and then her stepfather hating her. And then the, the ballet was the only thing that she loved. But then you have, you know, the creepy uh, wheelchair guy who's like watching her do ballet as a little girl in a really, really gross, creepy way. Um, but there's just kind of interesting, like when they go flashback to this date scene where it's like an alternate universe version of their date scene where like she told him the actual truth instead of the lies. Yeah, and like what he thought he heard. Yeah, it's wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he he also sees uh, in his dream his dead wife who is says, don't marry her. And you're like, okay. Yeah, okay. she sees it, you know, and then we, we have all these other weird flashes like back to like the dark room that she talks about that she grew up. In, and it's literally the place that we've seen her answer the phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we flash to the coworker um, that like had a crush on him because it looks like um, he's on the date and like she's about to give him a blowjob, but all of a sudden the face changes and morphs, and it's the coworker. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, "We made love once, and you didn't call me back, and I thought we'd have a thing." You're like, "Oh, that's what the weird tension was between them, and why she felt like maybe like like jilted about it a little bit." And then all of a sudden it's a flash and it's his son's girlfriend who's there and all of a sudden like trying to like get with him. Um, it's very awkward. Uh, and then we get uh, uh, Asami who is there with her friend in the bag who happens to be missing some fingers and also a tongue. We might know where those went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, <sighs> I can describe the rest of this movie. I really don't want to describe this because this is the yeah, most so. It's Horrible. really upsetting. So the person calls out of the bag and he's got like some, so his his feet have been cut off. Um, and then there's like puking and all kinds of She yeah. pukes, she pukes in a bowl and then she brings for him to eat and he really like, really happily eats it. It's really fucking gross. Yeah. Like that uh okay. I've said it. He's, we like, an, he's like an animal person. It's pretty gross. So yeah. it reminded me of what's that black and white movie we watched recently with the daughter? 
Um, uh, eyes of my mother. That's it. Because I was just like, oh, this reminds me a little bit of Eyes of My Mother as far as like the weird kind of like captor love relationship kind of abuse. Yeah. Where like sh- they're, you know, reversing that fortune on them. Um, and especially how this person looks reminded me a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, we cut to like the the man um, uh, uh, from the dance studio. Was it Shimada? Who like has the brands and stuff. And she's all of a sudden flash. This is like where everything got really crazy, like artsy flash, flash, cut, cut, cut. Like you're not sure what's waking life, what's a dream, what's right. being induced by whatever he's drunken or whatever too. And she's got a, like I think a piano string it looks like or something, just some wire and beheads the guy. And she talks about this wire cuts through bones so easily. And she like decapitates this guy. And he says, you're wonderful as she's doing it. Like, okay. All right. We're getting to the, this is what I'm, like, this is where I'm starting to get to the, I was like, okay, this is what Miyaki's, this is where we're getting to the Miyaki stuff that I'm expecting. This is where we're starting to go off uh, into the craziness. So this is entire, this, as far as we know, most of this has been through while well, his drugged haze as he's been uh, unconscious. Uh, but she is uh, now, he is now awake uh, and getting and- into her killing outfit. Yeah, like, so she's got this hot butcher outfit, basically. It's like a, a rubber, you know, apron and long rubber gloves and these hot black heels and this everything else she's wearing is white. So she looks sweet and innocent on, like, part of her, but the rest of her, like, all of a sudden got, like, dominatrixy. She kills the dog, which I am devastated about because that dog yeah, was very, very sweet. And then um, she, does, like, uh, gives shoots him up with a drug that paralyzes him. And in she tells him about it. In mm-hmm. his tongue. In his tongue. And so she lays down like the burlap sack that looks like the bag that we saw earlier for him. Yeah, the tar- like the tarp. Mm-hmm. Like she's got prepared. She's got her bag. She's got everything ready to go. She mm-hmm. knows how this goes. And she's all about revenge. And she starts, you know, talking with him. And he can't talk now because he's paralyzed. Um, and she's like, you know, um, you bring all these girls and you, you know, audition them and reject them and then have sex with them. You're terrible. You're just like everybody. I'm like, no, he wasn't like everybody. He wasn't great, but he wasn't like that bad. But she's got it in her mind that he is. And she just says all words are lies is one of her things. And I was just like, oh, goodness. She doesn't trust anybody. But she says pain doesn't lie. Only the extreme pain will help you understand your mind. So she wants to put him through extreme pain so he can understand himself. It's one way to go about it. I would not recommend this method, uh, especially when it involves a box of giant needles that she is going to stick one by one into his stomach and explain how much she is. She has picked these very specific spots because they're the most painful spots. You're welcome. It's like the ultimate pressure point uh, <laughs> situation. And and this is in and, and uh, it so far is to start um, putting them in his face, like right under his eyes, and he's completely paralyzed, so he can't do anything she leaves him with enough what the stuff that she's given him to paralyze him makes him stop moving but it doesn't make him not feel pain so it's like he's stuck and can't move but he can only just feel all the pain that she's inflicting on him as she describes each thing that she's doing very calmly (laughs) very sweetly like serenely like syrupy sweet it's upsetting and like even the thing that she says that's like deeper sounds like like cutting him and deep putting needles into him sounds like she's saying like here kitty kitty it's like it's like oh kitty 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 oh kitty kitty you're like oh it's so distressing because she looks like a little angel but she's like an evil angel Mm -hmm. and so she so she then she brings out the shackles uh puts them around his ankles Mm -hmm. you can't go anywhere without your feet uh, this is like misery times a million is what I wrote in my notes here because 
that's all I thought about. I was like, this is the ultimate hobbling scene. This is what misery was missing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. This is like, yeah, because, uh, yeah, to, you actually lose the whole thing. But, this, you know, with misery, you get like a stroke of an axe. This is you're using wire that's just going to take a long time. And like she's enjoying it and smiling as she's doing it. And it's going to take a bit. And like you're going to feel all of that. Like, ooh, wow. Yeah, and um, she throws the foot like at the like glass window, like door that's like right next to them. So then you get like blood on the door here too. And all of a sudden, his son is home. Yeah, no. Unexpectedly. Um, get, I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Then we get like another jump scare and it looks like he's waking up and he's back at the hotel again in the midst of this during like that that weekend again. But then it's like flashed right back in this as the sun is kicking down, like like is is, is confronted with her because um, she comes behind him to try to shoot him. Yeah. And she has like a perfume bottle that I assume has some sort of something bad in it that she keeps trying to spray him with. And he, like and he's just come into like he just thought he was coming home to dad. Right, and he's come home, and like the dog's dead on the floor. His father's there with his cut foot cut off, and like all this stuff sticking out. And all of a sudden, there's this crazy woman coming after him. And he just—I love this because the son is such a cool character. You don't really get a lot of him in this movie, but he just she's coming after him, and he doesn't give a fuck. And he just turns around and just kicks her in the fucking chest, and down the stairs she goes, and that's the end of her. Like, yes, just fucking kick her down the stairs. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it looks very like much. her like neck breaks or something at like that because her like neck bone kind of protrudes out of the front of her body right there. And I wasn't sure if it was like a demon in her, or if that was just her neck bone starting to like pop out or if something inside mm. is trying to fight its way out but the dad even through his paralysis manages to like basically be like police son like call the freaking police and so he does and he's like yeah my dad's missing a foot like he's bleeding profusely can you please come now thank you <laughs> yeah yeah uh and that's uh the end of this end of this film not full uh, end because she starts giving that monologue Oh, uh, yeah. Like laying there from earlier about how he was so warm and comforting and like flashes, you know, to her back and forth kind of. And then it kind of we end with a flash of her as a child and her with her little ballet shoes in that dark room. Yeah. Like the, all that pain that she had, you get probably stems from that. And this is why she went on a rampage. But it still seems like a bad excuse to treat people th- this way. Do you think that this there's a supernatural angle to this movie? Because I didn't even consider it. Yeah, I, I thought about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I just thought she was insane. I thought there was like some weird like spiritual thing that like had gotten into her that made her like helped her with this revenge. I wasn't oh. sure. I, I I would not argue that theory. I, mm-hmm. I see nothing wrong with that theory. That theory sounds mm-hmm. fine. So mm-hmm. yeah, surprising uh, the how long it takes to get to the ending, but then of course does not disappoint in the ending. And you know, this is the kind of horror like I think Terry, maybe I can speak for us both saying like not fun to watch. I don't know if I'll watch it again, but I'm I'm very happy to say that I've seen it and I can understand, you know, I can talk about Miyake from a point of view where I've actually seen a film. I will see more. I promise Uh, that. Yeah. uh, Very good. Very disturbing. Super disturbing, but wicked good for sure. Um, Yeah. Should we get into this one? Like, yeah. Gore factor. I wonder. I wonder with this one. I don't know. What's it going to be? I don't know. Could it be like. (laughs) I feel a like it's not of- enough blood to fill a Dixie cup, yeah. right? Or yeah. a puddle of blood or mm-hmm. enough blood to grow out there. Have a bathtub of blood. Okay, it's run for the barf bag, you guys, because there's literal barf in the movie. Oh. Where <laughs> It's a five. <laughs> I wish I, I, I wish I could barf. <laughs> I wish I could erase that part from my brain. I really do. I'm sorry. That was gross. <laughs> I've seen a lot of things in a lot of movies, and that was not okay. 
Um, the movie ratings, uh, Chainsaws, one of your desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film, three seen worse, seen better, four not too shabby, and five fantastical. I gave this movie a four, not too shabby. Again, I probably won't watch it again, but mm-hmm. as, a, as a film and as a horror film, it sets out what it do- wants to do gorgeously. Yeah, I also gave this movie a four jewels. Um, I think very similar wavelength as far as that. I was like, yep, I don't ever need to watch that again. I am uh, mortified. But also like seeing her face and be like, oh, kitty, 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 kitty was like enough, like was worth it to me. I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And like, guys, if you don't know who she is, where she's from or what she does, um, don't love her. Like, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this got to like care a, who she is, where she's from. Yes. Like I and I've I know I've known girls and this is real life where like mm-hmm. they've dated boys for extended period of times, but never seen where they live. And I'm yeah. like, that's the biggest red flag I've ever fucking heard, man. Like if you Hands don't down, know, the, second family, then that's all I always think. Oh, I don't know what I think. I just think dubious is what I think. Yeah, I think they already married or they have a girlfriend or there's something about their home that we can't that they don't want us to see. And I'm like, that's enough for me to be like, sorry, bye. Right. So (laughs) horror movie survival guide tip. Always try to get a little background on the people you're dating, especially if you plan to propose to them. Probably know a little bit about them first. Yeah, like maybe some references or maybe anyone else in their life besides them would be a good start before you do the proposal. Right. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for listening to us talk about Audition. Uh, as always, we love talking to you about our horror movies uh, that we love so dearly. You can talk to us about them on our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we always love to hear your suggestions. We do have a list that we keep, and a lot of these come from that. So thank you for all. Of, Audition was one that was recommended. So thank you for that. Um, and always uh, support our Patreon if you're of the ilk. Uh, We would love to have you subscribe and get our cool bonus stuff. Um, And next week, we're going to be talking about a movie that neither one of us has seen before, but sounds very exciting. Uh, Vampires versus the Bronx. Yeah, it's been recommended to us by a few of you already. It's fresh and new um, on the Netflix. Uh, So check it out there. uh, Get into it. And so you can join our conversation next week. And thank you again, as always, for recommending the show to your friends, family, and whoever. And for rating us on um, on whatever platform you were listening to us. That does definitely help us out and get more visibility for the pod. We appreciate you and love you. Thank you guys so much. Yes. Everything she said, plus an extra kiss. Have a wonderful week. We will see you next time.